everywhere and welcome to another geeks crossing podcast i'm eric your host giving you all the best geek related content you could ask for and today i'm joined with hey guys this is kalo from the get comfy podcast double tap gaming i'm here to give you the lowdown on all things gaming yes kalo from the get comfy podcast is once again guest starring in this episode which is very exciting it's great to be back here at Geeks Crossing. It's just a great podcast to be a part of and of course talking about the best subjects in the world for those of you who are new listeners, Kalo actually guest starred before where I quizzed him and my other good friend Charles. Shout out on Pokemon Facts and Trivia. That was a good pod. I was very happy to have come out the other end of that with at least a baseline of knowledge of Pokemon. I'm still working on doing a sequel to that episode, so be on the lookout. I gotta study up now. <laughs> but today, we're talking about another oversaturated franchise, SpongeBob SquarePants. I, for one love the fact that this brand in general is making resurgence in the gaming community playing battle of bikini bottom back in the day it was a game you get lost in you can play for hours on end but to get back into spongebob it's a great time yeah if you can already tell we're talking about the latest spongebob game that's in development spongebob the cosmic shake for what it's worth i looking at this trailer it seems as if and correct me if i'm wrong are you getting the vibe that Patrick and SpongeBob, like that whole dynamic there, isn't it reminding you of Super Mario Galaxy where like SpongeBob is Mario, then of course Patrick is playing the little star companion? Honestly, my first thought was Navi from Legend of Zelda. That's right. Even better. But yeah, Mario and Luma works with that analogy too. For sure. But yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. The Cosmic Shake, it sounds like something that Sonic would serve. <laughs> that is so true. As if they couldn't come up with like a, something more SpongeBob-esque, you know what I mean? Maybe like a Kelp Shake or something along those lines. And no, this episode's not sponsored by Sonic. Not yet. Not sponsored. But I wouldn't doubt it. Now that you've spoken that into the world, we're going to get a menu item somewhere in the fast food chains of a Cosmic Shake. As long as they give me a paycheck for equal contribution. See, that's the right mindset. Business first. <laughs> yeah. Weird title aside, I am excited for the game because like you said, Kalo, it heavily reminds me of Battle for Bikini Bottom, which I think is the magna opus of SpongeBob video games. It very much is. Uh, I believe in that game you were able to play as not only Spongebob, but Patrick and Sandy. It appears as if in this game you only play as Spongebob, which, of course, if it's a Spongebob game, you'd assume you're just playing as Spongebob. But I want to get your thoughts on just playing as him. Is that something that's welcomed, or do you think there's going to be like a mode like post-game where you can play as Sandy and then maybe even Patrick? I'm hoping it's like the original game where you get to switch between characters, but... At the end of the day, if it's just Spongebob, then it's fine. But in terms of being a spiritual successor, or it looks to be a spiritual successor to Val for Bikini Bottom, I'm down for it. For sure. And it looks like, and this is the thing whenever you come up with like Spongebob related games or even like Jimmy Neutron, if we're going to get into Nickelodeon, I like how they're expanding on, they are doing like a Wild West area, like prehistoric SpongeGar is coming back. I always love some SpongeGar. And oh yeah it, spongebob it, bc before comedy exactly and for what it's worth i hope it's something maybe they should include it in some later spongebob game but why isn't there like a doodle bob zone 
I think Doodle Bob is going underappreciated here. Maybe they're keeping that in secret. Ooh. I very much would like that. But I'm more curious about the story because in my mind, it looks like they're time traveling or going to alternate universes. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's always with uh, these SpongeBob games. I mean, of course, in the trailer, we see like Gary is like inhaling candy and is in a very bad mood. It's like, I want to know the context behind these things. Like, why is Patrick a little balloon type deal? And what's with Squidward? He's back in the prehistoric times. What is he doing there? Getting attacked by all these jellyfish. Trying to get away from SpongeBob and Patrick. What else? That's commitment going that far back in time. God, that was one of the darkest episodes from season one. It very much was, but apparently his efforts are thwarted because he doesn't he get like captured by some other people and is put on uh, like over a fire or something. It sounds classic Squidward. Oh, yeah. Classic Squidward torture. <laughs> Gotta love it. Yeah, but I don't remember which website I looked it on, but apparently the premise is SpongeBob and Patrick get these wishbones from a fortune teller and they abuse it too much that they destroyed the fabric of the universe. You know, a classic day in the neighborhood in Bikini Bottom. Oh, yeah. What else do we expect from SpongeBob and Patrick? <laughs> exactly. Gotta overuse too much of what's good here. I think they're trying to keep the information vague as possible so we can figure out for ourselves. Yeah. And of course, this game is coming after they, speaking of Battle of Bikini Bottom, Rehydrated game, which came out in 2020. So it's nice to see they're kind of keeping up the pace of SpongeBob games coming out. Hopefully they build off of what they did in that game. And then moving forward, obviously, you want new takes on SpongeBob because after a while, at least to me, it can kind of get repetitive with like 3D platforming. Yeah, I was hesitant on getting it. I mean, I was very curious. But I heard a lot of people just shit on the game because like, oh, it's a terrible remake. It's a little shot for shot remake, like all that. So I was like, huh. So I'm probably not missing much. Yeah. And that was speaking of like people's gripes. People were saying it was too easy. That being a battle for Bikini Bottom. And they're saying that the platforming and just the overall level design, it was just too easy. And if I'm not mistaken, there was a multiplayer mode in that game. I think it was like a horde mode type deal with like mechanical enemies. And I was like, okay, I mean, they're really trying for something new here. Oh, yeah, I did remember that because they did say in the original game, they were supposed to include a robot Squidward. They included it in the remake, but as a mini game. Yeah, and it's like those things where I guess you can kind of say like, oh, this is cool that they're at least trying new things. I'm um, like, wow, a mini game? You're telling me robot Squidward would make for a great boss fight? I think that would be like the ultimate boss, like him or something, that, of course, something to do with Plankton. But, you know, a robot Squidward to, that just ends the world. I think that's the ultimate threat. From what I heard, rehydrated was wasted potential. So I guess I did the right call by saving my money. Exactly. I've noticed that's been the trend and just not limited to SpongeBob games where games lately have been very much like you can kind of afford to wait to miss them. You can kind of like take your break. Like they come out at first and it's just a train wreck of a release. And then two, three months down the line, you can maybe hop into the game at a discounted rate with all those day one patches and all that stuff. And it's not just SpongeBob. I kind of grew out of licensed TV games. I say that as I did an episode reviewing the Lego Star Wars game. That's different. Exactly. And we grew up in that era of, like very much licensed games. I mean, I remember playing all the Star Wars games. Of course, like you mentioned, the Lego games, whether that be like Indiana Jones, Star Wars or Harry Potter, even SpongeBob. 
But yeah, basically, we grew up in an era where everything, and I mean everything, needed a video game. Exactly. You could not go a mile, whether you released a movie or not. Like, there was a Herbie fully loaded game. I mean, the list went on. But I will say, one of my favorite licensed TV games growing up was definitely NA The Misadventures. Yes, that was very underrated. And then, obviously, I think the crown for me goes to Star Wars Episode Three. Revenge of the Sith, the movie game, just because there was that alternate ending where Anakin won the duel with Obi-Wan and you get to see like an alternate timeline play out. It was just some of the greatest stuff. Like as a kid growing up, you like heard word of mouth like, oh, this is the alternate ending. And it's like, oh, my gosh. And then you finally see it play out. That shit blew my mind when I was a kid. And I was like, wait, Anakin killed Darth Sidious. What is this? exactly and like back in those days and even tying it to like spongebob like uh battle for bikini bottom the first one i believe that came out in like 2007 2003 i I could be way off but you didn't really have like a bunch of like the youtubers or even like speaking of a podcast like there wasn't that much coverage of these games and it was all like word of mouth on the playground or you go to school and overhear heard like hey Like, this person caught Mew because they move, they use strength on the moving bus on this certain route, and then it uncovered Mew. It's like that fun stuff that you always found out. Connecting it back to our first collab episode. Exactly. See? I totally meant to do that. See? The connection runs deep. Exactly. I'm trying to remember. I think the last Spongebob game I played, it was probably like Lights, Camera, Pants, or what was it? Creature from the Krusty Krab. Oh, yeah. See, the last one I played was Battle for Bikini Bottom. I did play a little bit of the rehydrated version. And, you know, it was one of those games where, like, I'm in the midst of playing, like, the newer God of War game because Ragnarok is coming out soon. And it's such a shift of playing SpongeBob rehydrated to God of War. It's like two different ends of the spectrum. But at the same time, it shows you, like, how far gaming has come. Makes as much sense as playing the new Call of Duty game and playing the new Pokemon game within the same month. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but basically, for those of you who haven't heard of Lights, Camera, Pants, imagine Mario Party, but with SpongeBob characters. That's basically what the game is. And you'd honestly think that concept just would be a home run hit. I don't remember if it did well, or I thought it was fun, but come on, you can't beat Bow for Bikini Bottom. That's like the classic. Whenever I think of SpongeBob games, that's exactly what I think of. There was like very minor tastes of like a free roam style of game set at Bikini Bottom. But ideally for me, what would be the best type of SpongeBob game is like an RPG based in Bikini Bottom. Oh my God. It'd be be so freaking cool. It'd be great. You can go and like choose to work at like the Chum Bucket or you can work like at uh, Muscle Beach with like Larry the Lobster or like those choices you can make. And then there's like an ultimate story at the end. I don't know how it's going to tie in. You can choose to either do weights the old fashioned way or use anchor arms to make you look like a jerk. Exactly. I've, I'm a big fan of, and this is like one of my favorite games of all time, Elder Scrolls Skyrim. Just take the skeletal structure that is Skyrim, whether that be the quests, all the different stories, what, put it in SpongeBob. What if Squiver actually listened to SpongeBob and went the direction the algae was pointing? Exactly. It's like those stories you can explore, and especially since, and I don't, you probably know better than me, is SpongeBob still technically running like new episodes or is it officially over? 
technically, yes, but I have not seen a single new episode probably since 2019, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, and it's like even then, like if you stopped watching then, the amount of stories and the amount of characters that have been shown throughout the years that have been untapped, like have we ever gotten like Wormy? Like has that ever been shown to light? Bubble Buddy, you know, where's my drink, that guy? You know, it's those things that you can like build off of like in a whole big SpongeBob RPG. I'm just waiting for some game developer to listen to this episode and it's like, huh, these guys have the right idea. Let's make a SpongeBob RPG. That's essentially what happens nowadays. I've noticed uh, it's happened more often than not. And developers, if you're listening, have it be where you can pick, like whether you want to be a fish, you want to be a sponge, like a, a squid or like something like Sandy and just make it a fun game. I mean, if Simpsons can get like hit and run, like all those type of games, I believe SpongeBob can churn out something like that. I guess this correlates to something that I also appreciate from this game, the Easter eggs and references. Because if you know me, I'm obsessed when looking at Easter eggs and references in pop culture. Oh, for sure. I mean, especially with SpongeBob, like we've mentioned like earlier, like Doodle Bob, like SpongeGar, like that meme blew up like way back when. But it's nice to see this game taking advantage of this stuff. Like, I seen him using the pizza glider whenever he was jumping across long caverns. I seen he was rocking his karate stuff. And it's just cool to see them capitalizing on all this stuff. You see the sea bears, the prehistoric Mr. Krabs, and they go, money, 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 money. Yeah, I thought I heard something like that. I'm like, where is he? And then I was like, oh, he's the item that he's using, or he's rolling over. SpongeBob was writing on mystery in the old West universe. See, the deep cuts, they need to just take advantage. Wormy needs to come back. That's all I'm saying. I actually watched that episode recently. Did that scene ever traumatize you as a kid? Like the close-up of Wormy? It did, because it was so out of left field. Like, you're just expecting, like, a typical SpongeBob, like, animated worm. And then it's like, hold on. This is real life. Why are we doing this? For a while, I was like, there is no way in hell that's a butterfly. And sure enough, I was right. It's actually some type of horsefly. But even so, that shit traumatized me. Every time I saw that on TV, I was like, no, change the channel, change the channel. (laughs) We gotta move. Speaking of traumatizing, in the same breath of stuff we used to watch, can we all agree that Courage the Cowardly Dog is the source of many people's trauma? Return the slow. That was the one that traumatized me the most. That's actually my favorite episode of the whole series, because I think it really capitalizes what Courage is all about. It really does, and him out of all characters that we're talking about, how come he hasn't gotten anything as of late? I I guess it's because no one cares about courage nowadays but hey you know let's dig that dog back up and let's give him some new episodes or something it's right in time for spooky season two i mean there was a crossover movie between courage and scooby-doo the collab we didn't need until now exactly it'll heal the world but the last independent courage project it was like that eight minute cgi cartoon the fog of courage like i was in high school and i watched i was like holy shit is courage coming back but no it was just there They just make these random things at certain points in time and just kind of like, they're like, hey, here's this. Remember this from back in the day? And then no one does. And then they just like, ah, we tried. This is why I can't get into current shows these days, because they don't have the same charm that we had when we grew up. None of them do. I mean, my younger cousins, they watch all these different shows, but like none of them, I at least I feel like much like what you said, they don't have that staying power like they used to. Like, let's relate it back to the last podcast. Ash just won his first championship. And how long did that take him? 
over 20 years, my dude. Exactly. And they changed the animation style. He looks a little bit more weird nowadays. So it's just, you know, we got to get back to at least giving these characters heart. Maybe we just need the return of these games. The games to build the universe. I couldn't agree more. But going to Pokemon real quick, they made Ash a champion level trainer now. Like, in one of the recent episodes, he beat Steven Stone. And I was like, holy shit. They're giving him the respect he deserves after so long. It's been 20 years. And Better late than never. And now he's facing off against Cynthia. And I'm like, I don't know. It's one thing to beat Steven, but does he have what it takes to beat Cynthia? Exactly. I saw something, whether this was fan-made or not, him going against Red. And I was like, all right, this is the battle I wanted how many years ago. But hey, it's good to see it now. I don't know. We'll find out next week. Well, as of the time of this recording. Exactly. Yeah, but going back to Nickelodeon games, I told all my friends I would only get Nicktoons All-Star Brawl if Hugh Neutron was added. And lo and behold, he's being added for DLC. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to have to stay true to my word. <laughs> At that point, you just take my money. Anything with Hugh Neutron in it, I need it. I'm 100% convinced that they only added Hugh just because of the meme. Oh, for sure. And I think this is the same game where it has uh, Shaggy, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's multiverses. Oh, multiverses. Okay. Either way, I think there comes a time where we need to have the ultimate standoff between Hugh Neutron and Shaggy, who is the most powerful in all the world. What do you think, listeners? Who is more powerful, Shaggy with Ultra Instinct or Hugh having the ability to send people to the Shadow Realm? I'm thinking Blue Eyes might give him the upper hand, but uh, we shall see. Did you see that video where they actually got Hugh Neutron's actor to voice the meme? You see, it's that stuff that just warms my heart. Looks like you're going to the Shadow Realm, Jimbo. Oh, it's down the block right next to Chick-fil-A. I just love that stuff, especially when like the voice actors get in on it, like the original voice actors. It shows that they're in it for like the fan service and all that stuff. It's perfect. But yeah, going over multiverses real quick. It's definitely a fun game. I mean, I still prefer Smash Bros. as my go-to fighting game, but Multiverses, I'll admit, it's a pretty damn good game so far. Yeah, like, it's always been just Super Smash Bros., at least in my opinion, as the fighting game. I know there's, like, Marvel vs. Capcom, there's Mortal Kombat, but, like, when talking about, like, the loved characters, Smash has always been that. And then now to see the floodgates open, literally, of, I think, like, there's a DC one, there's Cartoon Network. We don't talk about that. I was just about to say, like, once one started, the dominoes all fell, and then the rest of them were like, we gotta release a fighting game. The same thing happened with, like, Battle Royales, when, like, Fortnite was popular, then everyone else did one. So it was just, we lived in an era of fighter games. If you're curious who my mains are so far, definitely Tom and Jerry and Shaggy. Come on, you have to main Shaggy. That You just got to owe it to him. Given us all of our years of our childhood, I think it's just right. He's the most powerful character, in my opinion. Even more than Goku. See, I'm just waiting for the Fortnite collab there, because they have all the characters. Speaking of people who get characters together, Fortnite literally has everybody. Goku's already there, so when is Shaggy going to make his appearance? Shaggy doesn't need an invitation. He can make his way to Fortnite at leisure. He's just going to tear a hole through space and time and pop through. But real talk, I'm hoping that one day we'll get a good Cartoon Network fighting game. I think it's more or less a matter of when, not if, because this is the company's like first outing into that space. And I think 
the board meeting went like, all right, they released a fighting game. We need one for ourselves. Who's like 10 characters we can get out in like a month and then just throw it out to the world. That was the game. But then again, you have Finn and Jake and Steven from Steven Universe and Multiverses. So this is the closest thing we have so far. But I'm talking like, oh, I want to play as Courage. I want to play as Dexter. I want to play as freaking Ed and Eddie. They have such an expansive roster. Like, I'm surprised it took this long, considering, like, back in the day, they had all these popular shows, like Steven Universe, you know, Adventure Time. All those shows could have been added on through time. I'm just saying, you have all these great characters and cartoons to work with. Why not make a fine game out of this? Like, I'm telling you right now, if this game ever becomes a reality, you can make NNA like the Pokemon trainer in Smash Bros. We get to switch between the three Eds. See, you know, if this ever happens, let it be known. It's been said here first, nowhere else. And make Rolf, the son of a shepherd, a secret character you need to unlock. Knowing Cartoon Network, they're going to make him like the Waluigi of Super Smash Brothers. The fans will clamor for it, but never truly get their due diligence. If they have ultimate moves like in Smash Bros, Rolfs will be whipping out the hat of discipline and smashing the shit out of everybody. He'll do that's my horse dance and just smack everyone off the map. You have to do it. God, why am I coming up with better games? Exactly. We've come up with like not only a better SpongeBob game, but a better Cartoon Network fighter. That's like two games, two very solid games. We should really just send this to the whoever, the powers that be. Exactly. We came up with the ideas. Now give us our paychecks. I'd gladly accept me being a character in the game. I'll take it. Okay, real talk. When Sakurai was hinting the last Smash Bros. character, Harmy was thinking, what if Sakurai adds himself as a character? See? It's the things where it gets real meta that you really just enjoy. He'd be the most OP character. Very much so. I mean, some of those, like, Smash, like, cinematic trailers, like, there's the one where Mario, like, appeared to as if to get, like, stabbed. I was like, this game is really taken. They're really going for it all. I'm here for it, though. But yeah, I'm so happy that store was added. But the point is, there's just so many great ideas for certain games that none of them ever come to fruition. It makes you really wonder, because like they're all secretive about producing games and all this fun stuff. It's like, what has been discussed so far, like behind the scenes? You don't really know. And it's like, could this have been a concept at some point? And someone very foolishly, I might add, had have said, no, like, let's not do that. So overall, I am excited for a new SpongeBob game. I just hope it lips up to my expectations because there is a thing as overhyping something. I mean, just look at the current Sonic games. Exactly. That is the word of caution. Whether you're talking about this new SpongeBob game, whether you're talking about the upcoming God of War, or like you mentioned, like all these new Pokemon games, just be cautious because as of late, we've gotten releases like Cyberpunk, like the new Sonic games coming out, like the new Madden games that have all just been, let's say, underwhelming. I'll put it that way for to be kind. I mean, you could win people over with as many references and Easter eggs as possible. But at the end of the day, that's not going to be enough to save your game. Exactly. It's never enough. But when will they listen to us? They better after you listen to this podcast. Exactly. Take all the words of advice we've spewn about this podcast. But anyway, to those who are listening, what do you think about the latest SpongeBob game that's coming out? You can tell us on our Discord server and follow us on Instagram at Geeks Crossing. Continue to support us on all major listening platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you prefer. 
And thank you, Caleb, for joining me on this special podcast. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be back here on the pod. I'm very much looking forward to the next episode. Maybe next time I'll appear on the Get Comfy podcast. For sure, we'd love to have you on. But more importantly, stay true to your geek selves.